welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 96. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. Well, this week I've been checking out Lost Ark, a new MMO ARPG from Smilegate and Amazon Game Studios. Plus, I've been getting thoroughly beaten up in Sifu, a new punishing kung fu beat-em-up. On the lighter side of things, I've also been checking out Oli Oli World, a new side-scrolling skateboarding game, and I've also been recording my top 10 list of PS5 games out right now. Well, it's a busy show as always, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. Now, I'm good this week and we are getting into the thick of February right now. I'm having to pick and choose the games that I'm playing as there's just so much out there. So in the past few weeks, I've been checking out Lost Ark and Sifu. However, I haven't yet had the time to get to Horizon Forbidden West. Have no fear though, I'm going to be bringing you my thoughts on that one in a few weeks' time. And this coming week we've got two bangers as well. So we've got Destiny 2's The Witch Queen expansion on Tuesday. And then of course we've got the big one, it's Elden Ring. This is the next big game from From Software. And that could be the game of the year contender to beat. So busy times right now, but you know, it's the right kind of busy that we like. Before we get into it, it'd be great if you could leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the podcast get some more eyes on it. And I'd have a link in the podcast description. So if you like the show and you want to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Plus, I will also read out that review on a future episode of the podcast. And also, if you want to support This Week in Video Games further... You know, you can check out This Week in Video Games on Patreon and check out all the Patreon benefits. Loads of stuff over there. It'd be really, really good to see you. Okay, so that is my rambly intro over. Let's get into what I've been playing this week. Well, first up this week, I've been playing Sifu. It's a new Kung Fu action game on the PlayStation and also on the PC. And I feel like this one's really, really good training for Elden Ring as it is hard as nails and definitely as hard as some of the From Software games I've played in the past. However, it is also great fun, plus it's really beautiful too, and I'll bring you my thoughts of that later on in the show. I've also been checking out Lost Ark. You know, this was another much-anticipated game in 2022 for me, and so far it's lived up to that hype, and I'm still really early in the game, levelling somewhere in the mid-twenties on my way to endgame, but I'd say I'm about 15 hours deep, and I do feel like I can formulate a decent idea about what the game is all about. Now I'll bring you my review in progress first up in the show. Well, later on, I'll be letting you know about Oli Oli World, a new side-scrolling 2D skateboarding game. Now, this is perhaps one of the best pick-up-and-play games I've played in a long time. Instantly fun, and I'm already looking forward to jumping back in. So three strong games on the show today, plus I've got my roundup of the top 10 best games on PS5 out at the moment. But next up, let's dive into the first game on the list, and that is my review in progress of Lost Ark. So Lost Ark was released in the West this past week after a successful closed beta back in 2021 after a few successful years in Korea, Russia and Japan. Now this game is absolutely huge and it's got really, really satisfying combat and layers upon layers of depth. You know, each are going to compel you to come back day after day. Well, there's been a good build-up for Lost Ark since the announcement last year. You know, I really enjoyed the closed beta test. I've been looking forward to the full game launch. You know, things got off to a slightly mixed start though. Founders could access the game on the 8th of February, and it was super smooth until Friday, and then the floodgates opened with the game being free to play. So since then, it's been real difficult to log on in the evening, often with queues of around 10,000 people, 
Therefore, I've been getting up early and playing in the early hours of the morning to make sure I can get in. But before I jump in too deep with my experiences of Lost Ark, it is worth a refresher on what Lost Ark actually is, as you may be hearing about it for the first time. Well, this is a massively multiplayer online action RPG. From a gameplay perspective, the action takes place from an isometric view, and you could draw comparisons to Diablo or maybe Path of Exile in terms of what the game looks like. So you've got loads of classes, subclasses, NPCs to talk to, combat skills to learn and upgrade, plus you've even got trade skills to learn and resources to gather. The sheer depth of Lost Ark is absolutely staggering. It's huge, and it's bound to keep you busy for months. So one of the benefits of Lost Ark is that it's been out since 2018 in Korea, and that means there's plenty of content, plus the Eastern audience have already been through the growing pains of Lost Ark for us. Now, the team knows what works and what doesn't. They've been through the bugs and the performance and the streamlining of some features, and Lost Ark has been brought to the West by Amazon Game Studios, interestingly close to their other title, New World, which is also an MMO. So Lost Ark itself was developed by Smilegate, and they may not be a huge name in the West, but Lost Ark is likely to help them establish a good reputation outside of Korea. In terms of the story, environment and classes is very fantasy heavy. So we've got warriors with swords, assassins with huge knives. You know, they've got dark powers, plus you've got sorcerers. They can cast spells and use magic to their benefit. I haven't yet finished the campaign, so I'm currently working my way through the mid-twenties in terms of levelling up my main character. However, the story is focused on the classic battle between the light and the dark. You've got demons, you've got humans, and there's plenty of other races too. So the environments are definitely varied, which include the classic forests, you've got deserts, and also mountain ranges as well. Now, once you get out of the first continent, things really start to open up, not only in terms of scale, but in terms of diversity related to the different enemy types, and also the character models as well. You know, one of the environments I enjoyed the most was the vast salt flats. Then just recently, I had to save a king from a huge werewolf. So the story is okay. It's tricky to take it all in due to the very vast world. So I'm following a guy called Armin, a half-priest, half-demon, who seems to be struggling with his identity, plus engages in the occasional battle with another demon who's on our tail pretty much the whole time. You know, I touched on the class system before, but there's loads to choose from, each with their different playstyles. So one of my backgrounds is Destiny, and in that game you get to choose between a Hunter, a Titan, and a Warlock. And while there's some small differences in playstyle, it's largely the same experience across the three. So here in Lost Ark, you've got five classes to start with, including the Warrior, the Martial Artist, the Gunner, the Mage, and the Assassin. And classes are then split into subclasses even further, and so I'll use my Warrior as an example. So here... We've got three options, including the Berserker, the Paladin, and the Gun Lancer. So my Berserker has got a huge sword. You've got a Paladin, they're a little bit more nimble and can operate as a support class. And then you've got the Gun Lancer, who has the combination of a gun and a melee weapon. And it's a really similar fashion to Monster Hunter. So all classes have a very distinct feel to them. Plus you get to try them out in detail at the very start of the game if you want to, which is a really, really nice feature. Well, I'd say the main hook of the game is the combat, so the environments, they're really pretty. The story is fine, but the combat is really where it's at and where it sings. So Lost Ark does a great job of making you feel the combat, even though the game is from an isometric angle and you're a certain distance from the action. So here you can feel every sword swipe, every bone-crunching slam, you know, whether you're smashing your enemies with a sword or burning them alive with a fiery spell. You've got your standard attack, your dodge, run, walk, so all fairly standard movement options for the battlefield, but you've also got some special attacks which are bound to eight keys. 
We start out with a few and you unlock new abilities over time. And to further customize your abilities, you've got the tripod system, whereby you can add points to abilities to level them up. So this gives us more speed or endurance. I haven't really had the chance to get too deep into the system yet, but it looks like you can completely customize your playstyle. And I imagine this is something I'll get into more in the end game. So at the moment, I'm still leveling up and I'm understanding my skill trees and also my options too. Well, to build on the combat, you know, one of the biggest arenas for practicing your combat skills are dungeons. And on each continent, you tend to have three dungeons, and these are discoverable through the main campaign. You've also got secret dungeons and battles, which can be picked up through hidden scrolls, which can be found through side quests. So dungeons so far have been absolutely fantastic, and I've only really scratched the surface of what's on offer. You've got caves, catacombs, ancient ruins, and castles. So dungeons... They offer big set pieces, massive battles against scores of enemies, plus some really interesting boss mechanics. Now at first, you're going to cut through enemies like butter, but as you progress, the mechanics will get trickier. Some dungeons are smaller, some twist and turn, and can last up to 20 to 30 minutes. We can jump into dungeons on normal or hard, and also, it's very, very easy to matchmake. So, everyone I've met so far has been pretty chilled and pretty cool, although there have been some issues with cutscenes, as there is a voting system on whether to skip or not. Well, as well as the combat, there's also a bunch of trade skills to learn, so these open up a little bit later into the game, you know, roughly 10 hours or so in, but you can pick up trade skills like hunting and gathering, you can smash rocks for basic materials, fish for food, gather for other resources, and either use a sonar scan to find hidden artifacts. You know, all these skills are introduced in a fairly basic level, but much like the combat skills, you can also level up these trade skills, and it all adds up to offering another layer of depth to Lost Ark. Well, as I say, I'm roughly 15 to 20 hours into the game, and so far I'm really, really hooked. You know, looking forward to getting to the end game, as these types of games tend to start once you've reached the end game. And I haven't even got into my settlement yet, Chaos Dungeons, Guardian Raids. I haven't got into PvP or dug into my skills and customise my build. So there's so much to the game I haven't seen or tried yet, and I'm definitely looking forward to get stuck into all of that. You know, Lost Ark is free to play, and it can be a little tricky to get into the game during sensible hours at the moment. Now, if you're in North America, then it should be fine, but if you're based in Europe, then it's going to be difficult for the time being. Amazon and Smilegate are working on adding plenty of new servers to Europe soon, but for the time being, there's a really, really long queue at peak times. So we've got a lot of content on offer in the game. We've got all the classes, the subclasses, continents and activities that I've discussed, but that isn't all. Given the game has been out since 2018 in Korea, there's loads more content to come, seasons worth of content we're yet to see, new classes and subclasses that are only available in other regions at the moment. Therefore, you know, as well as the current slate of content, we've also got a lot to look forward to in the not-too-distant future. So all in all, Lost Ark is fantastic, certainly lives up to the massive hype, it's also breaking Steam records left, right and centre, with over 4.5 million players worldwide and 1.3 million concurrent players in the first week. It only seems like it's going to grow, so I'd recommend getting in there on the ground floor in Lost Ark early. Well, that is my review in progress of Lost Ark, so really, really good stuff, really enjoying it so far. Can't wait to jump back in and get myself levelled up to level 50. Well, that is it for my thoughts about Lost Ark at the moment, but next up, let's jump into a completely different game, this one is a kung fu fighting game. This one is Sifu. Well, Sifu is a stylish kung fu action game from developer Slow Clap. 
This one reminds me of my Double Dragon days, but instead of side-scrolling, this one is full 3D, and it has all the bells and whistles of a next-generation game. It's also really tough, but it's got deep fighting mechanics. Sifu is fairly straightforward in terms of the backstory for the game. You know, bad guys have killed your family during your childhood and left you for dead. We then cut to about 10 years later where we're 20 years old and we embark on a journey of revenge by killing a series of bosses. That all sounds pretty straightforward, but it's anything but that. And it's very likely you're going to be going through the levels over and over again as Sifu uses repetition as a tool to teach, so you're going to be getting to know the levels very, very well indeed. Well, the story itself is well presented, although not very deep. It's often fairly shallow, but I did like the presentation and the style. You've also got room for expansion later on. If Sifu itself isn't a large game, so you've got five bosses with areas leading up to each boss, in theory, you could run through the whole game in a few hours. There's just the tricky matter of fighting your way through levels of enemies with your fists and your feet, wielding bats and also pipes. Now, Sifu is a kung fu fighting game at the very core, it's got some of the best hand-to-hand -hand combat I've seen in a game. You've got the basic attacks like punches, kicks and sweeps. There's also combos and also much deeper attacks and defences. And when you first load in, there's a decent tutorial. You can always train with some AI in the starting area before you head out into a battle. Well, the age mechanic in Sifu is very, very interesting. So when you die, and most likely this is going to happen a lot, you age by at least one year. You have a magic pendant which brings you back to life right after you die, but at the cost of years being added to your age. Well, the more you die, the more years you get added to your death counter, and that means dying repeatedly over and over again in the same place is a quick way to old age. So once you get too old, you'll die, and then you have to try again. The objective of the game is to get through all the levels and the five bosses without dying of old age. As you make your way through the levels, you can lower your death count by killing certain enemies, but the overall objective remains the same. Just simply stay alive. Well, the only way to get through the game is by practice and repetition. You really just have to get good. You can unlock various shortcuts in the game, although the shortcut in the second level is fairly comical, as it isn't really much of a shortcut at all. And the game wants you to take on enemies head first, learn the attacks, the defense, and evasive maneuvers, and work your way through all the levels. So once you reach the end of a level, you've got a new death counter, and then you can move on. So the first time I got through the initial level, I was around the mid-50s, meaning I wasn't going to last long going forward. Therefore, you go back to that first level and do your best to get through to come out on the other side as young as you possibly can. You know, at first, it seems impossible, but keep plugging away and the game starts to click as you find your flow. For all the frustration that can come with fighting and dying over and over again, Sifu is actually an exciting game with some of the most fluid mechanics I've encountered in a fighting game for years. On the surface, this is a 3D brawler, but the intricacies of the mechanics are more akin to a fighting game like Street Fighter V. You know, Sifu compels you to come back time and time again to take down the enemy who stood in your way. You know, at first they were as hard as nails, but eventually you're going to be disposing of them in seconds. The key to this are the upgrades that can be unlocked. As you make your way through levels, the various power-ups can be opened up through collecting XP, and unlocking these upgrades five times means you get them permanently. Plus, they really, really make a difference. For example, Environmental Mastery is one that you want to pick up early, so you can pick up weapons, bats and pipes, and they really, really help you out in battle. But when you unlock the environmental mastery, many more options around you open up. So you've got stools you can kick into opponents, making it much easier to take down that big lump in front of you with their fists raised. While Sifu is set in full 3D and the environments look gorgeous, 
the game really reminds me of simpler times like running through Double Dragon. The difficulty of these classic titles is there for sure, and also learn the attack patterns of the enemies along the way. The main objective of each level is to beat everyone down on your path and get to the boss fights, so these are really good set pieces, don't get me wrong. There's also great satisfaction in taking down 8 guys in a room with nothing but your feet and your fists. You know, attack combinations are useful, and you're going to unlock more of these over time. So you've got these various evasive attacks where you can lean out of the way with precision, and that means your brain gets hardwired into the patterns of the attacks coming your way. And it comes down to reflexes and reaction, plus being able to put it all together in a near-flawless run of timing and skill. This is probably where many will put the game down, as it isn't going to be for everyone, but I would persevere with it because the rewards are absolutely great. Sifu has another mechanic called Structure that is similar to Sekiro, where you've got to break your opponent's stance. So it is a kind of stamina meter and it gets replenished after successfully evading attacks. So if you keep mashing the block button then eventually you're going to be broken down and lose your structure but successfully dodge and leave your opponent swinging air shots then you will always have more energy to fight. So much like other features in the game it's a good system other the game doesn't really do a good job of explaining this to you. There are a quick few tutorials in the first level but these go by fairly quickly and it is kind of a blink and you'll miss it scenario. However, saying all of that, you know, when it comes together and it flows, Sifu's combat is a thing of beauty. You know, the first level acts as a great training ground for what's to come later, and then things really ramp up in the second level in the club. So there's moments of pure frustration where you go through levels near perfectly, then all of a sudden a few tough enemies will add decades to your age, and the run is all but over. But once it clicks, you'll end up taking down that room full of enemies, not only effectively, but in a stylish manner too, and you know you are there with Sifu. Unfortunately, the story doesn't match the combat, as the game opens up in a brilliant way, the bad guy kills your family, and it's a very effective opening, it really makes you sit up and pay attention. However, from there it's a fairly standard revenge story, there's also plenty of callbacks to Kung Fu movies, which I did really appreciate, but the story isn't the main event in Sifu, that is reserved for the combat. Sifu is a great game that's going to punish, frustrate and delight you in equal measures, you know, I'd say if you're a fan of fighting games, all the genre, all kung fu movies, then this is probably the game for you. But if you don't have much patience, or you just want to casually play Sifu, then it may not be the game that you're looking for, as making meaningful progress in the game takes practice, time, and also mastery. For me, this is one of the best games that I've played in 2022 so far, so I'm really looking forward to going back in and finding all the secrets that Sifu has to offer. Well, the game was developed and published by Slow Clap. It's available on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and also PC, and I reviewed the game on PlayStation 5. And the game originally came out on the 8th of February 2022. Well, that is it for my review of Sifu. Really, really good game. Really tough. A little bit frustrating at points, but ultimately really, really satisfying. I definitely recommend jumping into Sifu whether you got it on PlayStation or PC. Well, as I say, that is my thoughts for Sifu for now. But next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. Well, number 10 this week, holding steady, it's Call of Duty Vanguard. And number 9 this week, up 8 places from last week's number 17, it's Ring Fit Adventure. And number 8 this week, down 2 places from last week's number 6, it's Minecraft. And number 7 this week, holding steady, it's Mario Party Superstars. And number 6 this week, up a whopping 32 places from last week's number 38, it's Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy. Then at number 5, holding steady, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Another one holding steady from Nintendo, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. 
And then another one, holding steady at number three, is FIFA 22. Staying in there at number two is Dying Light 2 Stay Human. And then still at number one, it's doing absolutely gangbusters this one, it's Pokemon Legends Arceus. Well that is it for the all-platform charts this week and Pokemon Legends Arceus still doing really, really well. And another game that's doing really, really well, I want to bring it to your attention. This one is a smaller title, but it's still really, really good. It's great on Nintendo Switch, plus it's on loads of platforms. This one is Oli Oli World. Oli Oli World is a brand new skating game from Roll7. You know, rather than your Tony Hawk or your skate-type skateboarding game, this is a 2D side-scroller, which is really easy to pick up and play. It's a great game for long trick sessions, or if you want to fill in a gap in your schedule. Oli Oli World has amazing gameplay, and the game grabs you immediately. And much like games like Celeste or Super Meat Boy, you will die a bunch, but you're being taught along the way. Well, Oli Oli is a series with history. So Roll7 originally released Oli Oli back in 2014, and then followed that up with Oli Oli 2, Welcome to Hollywood, shortly after. Oli Oli Switch Stars was then next up, and it felt like a natural conclusion to the series, but Roll7 delighted fans with the announcement of Oli Oli World. Well, the story in Oli Oli World is very, very thin, although it's pretty well understood that it's all a means to an end to get into the skating action. And with that said, the story is quite funny, so it is set in the world of Radlandia. It's a huge skate park made up of five areas, formed long ago by skate gods. So your pal Schiffen is ready to hang up the board and looking for a replacement, and it might very well be you. If you can prove you've got the skating skills to make it in Radlandia and become one of the world's best skaters. Yes, it's kind of a crazy story, but no one is really here for the story, are they? You know, it is kind of a cartoon acid trip, and it doesn't really take itself too seriously. Well, the gameplay is the main event in Oli Oli World. It's a side-scrolling 2D skating game packed full of tricks, grinds, and pipes. The idea is to get to the end of the level, but also do it in style by accruing the most points possible. So you get points throughout the courses by performing tricks, and as you progress in the tracks, things tend to get faster, and the tricks get a little bit more complex. If your trick fails and you completely stack it, then you have to restart depending on where you are, and either start from the beginning or start from a checkpoint. So Oli Oli World shares a lot of DNA from Super Meat Boy or other hardcore platformers like Spelunky. And it's highly likely you're going to die a bunch while playing Oli Oli World, but don't let that deter you. It's all part of the learning process. Well, the difference with Oli Oli World and other 3D skating games is you mainly use the left stick for the trick. So in games like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you jump with one of the face buttons and use the other buttons for the combos, but here the controls have been streamlined, but it does still have a depth of complexity. So... Holding down on the left stick readies you for a jump, and releasing the left stick in a different direction performs different tricks. You can speed up the skating by pressing A, which puts your foot on the floor to propel yourself along, plus you can also wall ride and also rail grind too. The controls seem really simple, but it makes it nice and easy to pick up and play, but the pace of the courses and the complexities of the tricks do stack up very, very quickly. Complementing the controls and the gameplay is the level design, so new techniques and skills are introduced at a good pace, making things feel fresh, plus you've got obstacles to successfully navigate without falling to your death, and also having to start again. Oli Oli World taps into the flow of great games where you start to instinctively react to the courses, you know, sections of courses link really well, and by the end, you have to take a moment to catch your breath after you completed the triple rail grind in a row. So as well as the tricks and the hazards to navigate, you've also got branching paths, you have to select them with very little warning. 
Yeah, one way is the easy way, and then the other way is described as the gnarly route, where you could potentially score a whole load of more points. The branching paths are one thing, but you've also got challenges where you have to pull off specific advanced or perfect tricks. So these little motivations keep you coming back for more time and time again. Well, the single player mode is a whole bunch of fun with plenty of reasons to come back. There's also a decent asynchronous multiplayer mode too, where each level has a global leaderboard where you can check out your friend's stats and performances, plus we've got the Narva League, and here 10 players are given one day to get the highest score possible in a randomly generated level, so do well enough and you'll get to the next rank, plus you've got some great rewards out for grabs as well. So Oli Oli World wasn't really on my radar at all. I saw it on a Nintendo Direct, and I didn't really think it was for me, but after a few hours with the game, I can honestly say that Oli Oli World is entering my regular rotation of games. It's quick and easy to pick up, plus it's a very relaxing game to chill to. The animation and the music back up the excellent gameplay, and whether you're playing solo or against friends, there's something here for all players. Well, the game was developed by Roll7, it was published by Private Division and Take-Two Interactive. The release date was the 8th of February 2022, and it was available for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and X, and also Windows PC 2. Now, I did the review on PC, and big thank you to Roll7 for providing a review copy of the game. Well, that is it for my thoughts on Oli Oli World. Really recommend it. Really, really good fun. And I reckon this one is going to be really, really good on Nintendo Switch. Well, that is it for Oli Oli World for now. But next up, let's have a look at my top 10 PlayStation 5 games that are out there at the moment. Well, the PlayStation 5 has been out for a while now. And today, I want to look back at some of the best games that you can get for the system. So this is going to be a living list with new entries coming in over time and the older ones falling off. And also, I really want to hear from you about your top games for the PS5. So let me know via Twitter, YouTube comments or Patreon too. Well, first up, we've got Kena Bridge of Spirits. And at the heart of the game, Kena Bridge of Spirits is an action adventure game. And you've also got the puzzles and the boss battles. So at times, it does feel like a throwback to a PlayStation 3 era style game. And given it's not really open world, it's more of a series of set pieces with corridors through the levels. However, there is a high level of polish, and I think it's really, really good enough to check out. Complementing the combat of the other parts of the gameplay loop, namely exploring, platforming, and puzzle solving, so this is one of the more delightful elements of Keener Bridge of Spirits. The platforming feels pretty good, exploration is satisfying, especially in a world as beautiful as this one, and the puzzles aren't too tricky, they tend to be environmental puzzles where you're locked off from proceeding, so you may have to engage with the rock to move something. So if you've played a game like The Legend of Zelda, then you're going to be comfortable with the puzzles here in Keener Bridge of Spirits. Puzzles are really good fun, plenty of secrets to find too, and hidden away in little hidey holes, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled when you are exploring. Well, next up we've got Solar Ash. Solar Ash is all about how you traverse across the environment, you know, the elegant skating across the clouds, leaping and jumping as you go. So paired with the fantastic movement mechanics of puzzle sequences, Huge boss fights, and they remind me of the Shadow of the Colossus. Solar Ash is from the same development team that brought us Hyperlight Drifter, and while Solar Ash doesn't quite live up to the hype of Heart Machine's previous title, you know, it's a grower, and you're going to enjoy it the more that you play. The world is set in vivid colour. You've got pinks and purples and deep reds. They scatter the landscape as you glide across it. However, there's something not quite right with the world, as it's covered in corruption. So Ray, the main protagonist in the game, and the being you control throughout has to rid the world of the corruption and find the clues pointing to where the other Void Runners have gone. 
So partnering with the corruption of the huge anomalies, you know, giant beasts roaming the broken lands, and we have to save the day. Overall, Solar Ash is a mixed bag of a game. On one hand, you've got the great feeling, fluid movement, and exciting boss battles. And on the other hand, there's a dense lore and sometimes frustrating movement quirks, and they can lead to an early death if you're not pinpointing your execution. So overall, I'm more positive on the game than I am negative, plus I'm really happy to see Heart Machine pattern another game after the wonderful Hyperlight Drifter. So this kind of game with the movement feels like a trend. You know, we've got Solar Ash here, we've also got Forspoken coming out in May, and then we've got a new Sonic game too. So if the new Sonic game feels as good as Solar Ash, I think there's going to be a lot of happy gamers. Well, next up for PlayStation 5, we've got Sifu. This one is a stylish kung fu action game from the developer Slowclap. You know, Sifu is fairly straightforward in terms of backstory for the game. Unfortunately, the story doesn't match the combat. The game opens up in a fairly brilliant way and the bad guys kill your family. It is a very, very effective opening and it makes you sit up and pay attention. However, from there, it's a fairly standard revenge story. Sifu overall is a great game and it's going to punish you, frustrate you and probably delight you as well. I'd say if you're a fan of other fighting games or a fan of kung fu movies, this one is going to be the game for you. You've got to have patience for the game though, so if you want to casually play Sifu, then it might not be the game that you're looking for, as making meaningful progress in the game does take time, practice and also mastery. Well next up we've got Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. So Ghost of Tsushima came along towards the end of the life cycle of the PlayStation 4 and demonstrated beautiful graphics, excellent combat and was also one of the best open world adventure games of the last generation. Sucker Punch have gone out of their way to provide not only an expansion in terms of content on Iki Island, but also a PlayStation 5 suite of upgrades, bringing it up to the standard with other current-gen games including 60fps, haptic feedback and also enhanced audio. This makes the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut the definitive way to play the Ghost of Tsushima. If you don't have a PS5, you know, not to worry, the expansion is available on PlayStation 4 too, just without the quality-of-life PS5 upgrades. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is the way to play Ghost of Tsushima now, so the story content is great, albeit a little short, so the new Legends mode is going to bring a bunch of more replayability to the game, and the PlayStation 5 upgrades make a beautiful game even more stunning than it was before. Sucker Punch has set the bar very high with the Ghost of Tsushima, first of all you should definitely play this plus the expansion, then it's going to be really exciting to see what Sucker Punch does next, so if you've got a PlayStation 5, this game is a must play. Well, next up, we got the Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. So, Final Fantasy VII is an RPG that originally released in 1997 for the original PlayStation. So, the game focused on Cloud Strife, a mercenary who joins forces with eco terrorist group Avalanche to stop a huge corporation from stealing the lifeblood of the planet used for energy sources. Cloud and the crew are after Sephiroth, a superhuman determined to harness the power for his own means and become a demigod. Initially, on the outskirts, Cloud gets close to the members of his newfound friends throughout the adventure, in particular Aerith, who holds the secret to saving the world. So the gameplay has definitely been updated from the original version, it also looks beautiful too. Originally, it was a traditional turn-based JRPG, but the remake, however, is a combination of classic and modern, with the action-adventure style hack-and-slash combined with turn-based mechanics. So you've got regular attacks, heavy attacks, and these combined with spells and items like potions, and also revive abilities. So the combination of both styles felt refreshing, although it did feel a little bit button mashy at times. Well, next up we got Spider-Man Mars Morales. So swinging into the city feels fantastic, as it always has done in Insomniac Spider-Man games. So swinging from skyscraper to skyscraper, 
Running up the face of the build and leaping off the top has never felt more fun, and this is quite literal too with the haptic feedback and also the graphical improvements. So Mars adds his own personality into the traversal, feeling slightly awkward and squirming all over the place, making him feel not quite as fluid as Peter Parker, but unique to Mars himself. There's an element to Miles and the way he moves, suggesting he should be wearing some kind of L-plates. In his own kind of way, he is very charming. So gameplay and action-wise, this is high up there on the charts. However, the story does run out of steam a little bit, perhaps demonstrating it's more of an expansion rather than a fully-fledged sequel. You know, no doubt Insomniac will be back with a bigger, better, more impressive Spider-Man sequel in the not-too-distant future. But Spider-Man Miles Morales is a great expansion to the 2018 Spider-Man game, and more than living up to the high expectation that the first game set for itself. So combat is as enjoyable as the other, the traversal and the movement are as fluid and as fun as you'd expect. Well next up we've got Astro's Playroom, so Sony's history is plastered all over Astro's Playroom, and it feels like a massive celebration of the last 25 years of Sony's achievements. You know, Astro plays with a PS Vita if you leave him for a few minutes, and the worlds themselves are styled on PlayStation Generations. Well, there's a bunch of PlayStation collectibles to be found in each world, so if you've grown up through the PlayStation generations, there's going to be plenty here for you. Well, if you're a younger player and this is your first experience, then you're likely going to be dazzled by the graphics and the haptic feedback in the controller, but there's plenty for older audiences here as well. Astro's Playroom is a great showcase for the PlayStation 5. It's one of the best bundle games that comes with the system that I've ever seen, and it's also a really heartwarming tale. It's fun, and you've got an introduction to your brand new console generation. Now, this one may have flown under the radar when the other big hitters like Demon's Souls and Spider-Man Miles Morales have been stealing the headlines, but this one is worth your time and attention. You'll come for the DualSense demo, but Astro will more likely charm you into staying to hang out with him and his friends. So next up we've got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Rift Apart is simply a stunning game. There's absolutely no question. Since the game was revealed in the summer of 2021, it's demonstrated the power of the PlayStation 5 very well, feeling like you're playing a Pixar movie. So this could be a demo of what video games could be, and it lives up to the promise of what the next generation can deliver. You know, Spider-Man Miles Morales look great, but this is a whole different kettle of fish, and specifically made for the PlayStation 5. You know, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart looks like it could have come from the future, to demonstrate what the current-gen consoles could do in a few years' time, it's great to see the game embracing the capabilities and showing off. This is a game that struts with confidence and checking out the videos and streams you know, really doesn't do the visuals justice. It's not just a good looking game, the story is well formed and flows with ease, and the fluidity of the movement and the action is hands down some of the best you'll play, and the sheer quality shines through and through with every level and every encounter. So if you have a PS5, this one is a must buy title. Well next up we've got the penultimate game and this one is Demon's Souls. So Demon's Souls is where it all began from From Software. And this time it's back rebuilt with incredible detail and fidelity by Bluepoint Games and taking the full advantage of the PlayStation 5 capabilities. Demon's Souls may look pretty and if you've got the right setup it looks absolutely incredible at 60fps but it's as punishing as ever testing your patience and skills to the max. The gameplay of Demon's Souls is tricky, you know it's full on combat where you're going to attack and defend with the sword and shield and the aim of the game is to master the timing and the enemy patterns. One false move and you're likely going to be toast. And it's the repetition and the mastery that ultimately is the most satisfying thing with Souls-like games. Somehow it feels even more intense on the PlayStation 5. So the fidelity of the enemies and the feedback in your hands with the feedback of the DualSense controller, the fantastic audio design bringing the brutal and harsh world straight into your senses, you're going to feel every clash of the sword and a smash of a shield 
in brand new ways you've never experienced before. So Demon's Souls is a great game and this one is an even better remake. And the perfect demonstration of what any next generation consoles can do. It's as tough as nails but there's also great moments of discovery here too, packed full of secrets. Unless you're an expert in Souls games, it's not likely to be one that you're going to beat in one sitting, but it's something you can come back to time and time again to face off against the tough bosses and the brutal environment. Well finally, my number one game for the PlayStation 5 at the moment, and that one is Returnal. So Returnal is a roguelite by design, and it's when you die you're going to be sent back to the very start of the game, and the world reconfigures itself in front of you. So you will get to keep a select few items when you die, but on the main, you lose everything and start from scratch. So it's not for the fainted heart for sure, as well as the roguelite elements, there's also the Metroidvania, we have to explore the map and find the power-ups after defeating a boss and they help you get to new areas of the map. Well there's a little more than the dash of Metroid here, and as well as the genre description with a female protagonist inside a spacesuit wielding an array of weapons, so it's almost what you would have got if From Software got their hands on a Nintendo IP, and that is meant as a massive compliment to House Marquee. Now, Returnal is an endurance test of a video game, so in the early hours you are in discovery mode, learning about the planet and the monsters and the attack patterns, and staring in wonder at most things in the game. So as the time goes by, the game becomes more punishing, and it's going to take a particular type of player to want to jump back in time and time again. So if you like this style of game or any of the above sounds like it's for you, I would fully recommend Returnal. It's a truly next-generation game and shows off the wide array of what the PS5 can do. Now, I really like that Sony is investing in this type of game. It's tough, it's different, and it's going to make you laugh with delight and cry with loss. So I don't really know if I'm that type of player who wants to jump back in time and time again, but I'm really impressed with what House Marquee has produced. And if you've got access to a PlayStation 5, I definitely recommend checking this one out. Well, let me know in the comments or on Twitter or write in the patreon.com what you think of this list. And if I've missed anything from the list, please do share your thoughts. Well, that is it for my top 10 PlayStation 5 games out there right now. But next up, let's look at what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. Well, first up on February the 22nd, we've got Destiny 2 The Witch Queen expansion. That's coming out on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia and PC. Then we've got Monarch coming out on the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch and PC. Also on the 22nd, we've got Soul Cresta coming out on the PlayStation 4, Switch and PC. On the 23rd, we've got The Edge of Eternity. That one's coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Then on the 24th, we've got Martha is Dead coming out on the PlayStation 5. Xbox Series S next, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and also the PC too. Also on the 24th, we've got Never Alone, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. Then on the 25th, we've got Atlia Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. It's coming out on the PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Then we've got the big one, it's Elden Ring, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S next, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and also PC. Finally, on the 25th, we've got Grid Legends, that's on the PS5, Xbox Series S next, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and also PC. Then moving into March, on March the 1st, we've got a few games, so Elix 2, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and also PC. Then we've got Far Changing the Tides, that one's coming out on all the Playstations, all the Xboxes, Switch and also PC. We've got Puzzle Quest 3, it's coming out on PC, iOS and Android, coming out on March the 1st as well. Finally on March the 1st, Shadow Warrior 3, Playstation 4, Xbox One and also PC. On the 3rd of March, we've got Babylon's Fall. That's PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC. We've also got Gran Turismo 7. 
coming out on the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4. That one's coming out on March the 4th. Finally, on March the 4th, another really, really good one to look forward to is Triangle Strategy. And that one is coming out on Nintendo Switch. Well, that is it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, get in contact through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash this week in video games, or check out the latest on the website. Send your questions, your comments, your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. Well, as always, thank you so much for watching or for listening. And for more This Week in Video Games content like this, like, subscribe on YouTube and share with a friend. Or you can check me out on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Well, thanks again. I'll see you soon.